Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with John Barlow, Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture, Agri-Food and Food Security, and up first in today's country comment. We'll talk more about insect and disease concerns with Justine Cornelson with Brett Young. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us once again is Justine Cornelson, Agronomic and Regulatory Services Manager with Brett Young to talk about insect and disease concerns. On the insect side, um, you know, there hasn't been like a widespread issue or concern. There's always little pockets um, thinking towards um, cereals and in our, our pulse crops, we've got aphids going on. Um, those are spraying for like soybean aphids has been really localized in a few little pockets here and there. Um, the big heavy rains the other day should have taken care of a lot of the aphid issues. Um, we are seeing grasshoppers throughout. I know in my own pastures, they've seemed to uh, all come back to life and there's many of them out there. So I, I know there has been some localized spraying for that and um, some, um, you know, issues with diamondback moths, um, and then ligus in canola as well. Um, but like I said, nothing super, super alarming. Uh, it's just, like I said, it's a valuable time to get out and scout and just assess those crops. Um, when we get so late into August, um, you're sprayed a swath, um, you know, kind of calculators come into play here. We have to be cautious on, um, our pre-harvest intervals and, and, you know, the products that we are spraying to manage some of those insects and, and then when we can actually harvest the crops. So something to just, like I said, keep a, a real good eye on for, on for insects. Um, while out looking for insects, good time to pull up a few plants and assess diseases. Um, it is kind of that disease surveying time, right? We want to see how much yield the, the disease has taken. Um, so as close to harvest timing as, as you can with that, um, we'll give a better assessment. Um, so far, you know, I've looking to canola. I've seen um, seen a little bit of black leg um, this year with high high moisture, high precipitation, really wet soils. It'd be good to look for soil borne diseases like club root. Um, so it should have been a good year for for fungal pathogens to really thrive, and they they typically like the moisture. So um, only time will tell there to see what sort of diseases we've really been seeing across the province. That was Justine Cornelson, Agronomic and Regulatory Services Manager with Brett Young. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Seeds Canada unveiled its collaborative regulatory model at the organization's annual meeting held last month in Winnipeg. Here's Executive Director Barry Senft. Well, one of the big topics um, and has been over the last uh, 16 months has been the uh, SRM, the uh, Seed Regulatory Modernization Process initiated by um, the CFIA, and we're in amidst this discussion of what should be changed in seed development regulations. The government has a process that we've been very much involved in as Seeds Canada, both from a staff perspective and a member perspective, in task force, in working group, uh, uh, etc. So that was a big topic of discussion uh, in, in Winnipeg. Seeds Canada was formed back in 2021 as an amalgamation of the Canadian Plant Technology Association, the Commercial Seed Analyst of Canada, the Canadian Seed Institute, and the Canadian Seed Trade Association. And harvest is just getting underway across the prairies. Grain market analyst Brennan Turner says when it comes to the wheat market, the August WASDE report raised wheat production in Canada and Australia. Turner also sees some bullish factors as well. 
the, the heat and dryness in Europe um, saw the European crop downgraded by about 2 million tons. And um, the other dynamic is just the strength of the demand function. You've seen exports uh, increase slightly, um, use consumption in, in China is increasing slightly, and yeah, maybe Russia will will fill some of those voids, but the, the large majority of China, in terms of what they're importing from the likes of Australia, the U.S., or even Canada, is higher quality product that we produce here in the prairies. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, August 19th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll hear from federal conservative agriculture critic John Barlow. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler catches up with John Barlow, the conservative shadow minister for agriculture, agri-food and food security. How has your summer been going? What have you been up to? Well, it's been a, a busy summer. I've uh, spent a lot of it uh, touring different provinces, uh, speaking with producers and stakeholders. Uh, you know, we, we go back to the house here in a couple of weeks or a few weeks, and we want to be, you know, pretty up-to-date and keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on. And, and certainly, uh, you know, still a lot of concerns within within agriculture and producers, but been uh, trying to hit every province as, as we go through. And uh, this week we're uh, we're in Atlantic Canada, uh, hitting the Atlantic Canadian provinces and speaking to uh, producers here. So what kind of issues have you been hearing about from producers? Well, number one, uh, far and away, is, is the uh, fertilizer uh, reduction policy that Liberals have uh, put through last November. Uh, certainly with what, uh, what is occurring in, in the Netherlands and in Sri Lanka, uh, Canadians are starting to pay attention to this, and, and certainly Canadian farmers are paying attention to this. Um, you know, frustrated with, uh, with a policy and, and a number that was not based on you know, really any any consultation or any sound science. Uh, the public consultation ends on August 31st, uh, but it's very clear from um, comments from the Minister of Agriculture, uh, B. Bowen, and, and uh, M- Liberal MP Lloyd Longfield's uh, column in, in the Sun newspapers that they've already made up their mind. Uh, the public consultation is just a farce. They, they are going to move ahead with this 30% uh, reduction in fertilizer use. And this is something that's going to impact, impact not only every single producer, no matter what commodity you grow in Canada, but it's also going to impact every single consumer. If you eat, uh, you'll be impacted, as this will certainly uh, increase grocery prices when we've already seen grocery prices um, skyrocket, you know, more than 10% as a result of inflation since June. Uh, so this is just going to make uh, the inflation crisis uh, even worse. The federal agriculture minister came out and said it's a 30% reduction in emissions caused by fertilizer by the end of 2030, that people are getting it confused, that they want to totally reduce fertilizer by 30%, which she says is not the case. She says it's the fertilizer emissions. Well, it's just uh, syntax and semantics. You can't reduce emissions unless you're reduce, reducing fertilizer use. Um, what they're trying to do, they're, they're, they're in trouble. They realize that this is a policy that is not going over well, certainly with, uh, with Canadian farmers. But uh, consumers are going to start to feel this as well. And they are trying to, uh, you know, try to spin their way out of this. But there's no alternatives. Uh, and the most frustrating thing, I think, for, for producers and certainly what I've been hearing is it takes no consideration into... Uh, some of the modern procedures and protocols that are already happening in terms of, uh, you know, for our steward, uh, nutrient stewardship, 
uh, variable rates, zero till. Uh, you know, farmers hire agrologists to ensure that they are um, being as efficient as possible. They're not just, you know, they're farming the business. They want to be efficient, and they their input costs are already, uh, you know, a huge cost. They're not just throwing fertilizer wherever. Uh, we have been reducing fertilizer use for, for many years while still improving production. Not a lot of uh, industries can say that. Um, so to, to try and spin this without giving farmers any credit for the, the great work that they're already doing, I think is where um, the frustration lies. You've actually referenced a study that was done by MNP as far as the the loss in productivity that this could create. Yeah, according to MNP, the, the impact to the agriculture industry would be $48 billion by 2030. That is going to make farming unsustainable. Um, the Liberals are trying to make this an environmentally sustainability issue, uh, but you can't have environmentalist sustainability unless you are economically sustainable. Um, there's no question this is going to be a massive impact to, to Canadian agriculture uh, financially. But also when you reduce emissions, the numbers that we've started to see uh, released from some of the uh the stakeholder groups and, and uh, CFIB and some of these other um, think tanks is that even though you reduce fertilizer use by 30%, you're going to see a much higher reduction in uh, production. So we're going to see smaller yields. Um, and when you have that, you're going to have uh, higher, higher prices for those commodities. And that's going to go right to, uh, to the Canadian consumer. As you mentioned, the consultations conclude at the end of August, and you want to encourage everybody to take an active role in these consultations. Absolutely. Uh, we want every producer, every farm family to participate in this public consultation, but we also want all Canadians to participate in this consultation. We want them to uh, have their voices heard, that they do not support um, this this uh, policy that is based on uh, green extremism. It is actually going to set farming back as, you know, as an environment. If, if reducing emissions, protecting the environment, protecting your water and your soil is truly your goal, this is the exact wrong way of going about that. You are going to force farmers back into tilling, uh, into uh, using chemicals or processes that we haven't used in decades because they're going to have to find other ways to maintain their yields. If not, you're going to see a massive reduction in yields. And this will be, um, you know, in a, in a time of global food insecurity, when food security is the number one issue probably on the planet. Uh, and they're going to be looking to Canadian farmers to, to take on uh, additional burdens in terms of feeding not only Canadians, but feeding the world. Um, we're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to meet that task or, or be able to meet our potential just because of a very bad, uh, ill-advised activist liberal policy. Heading back to Ottawa on September the nineteenth. Of course, we've we've talked about the discussion and concerns from producers around the federal government's federal emission reduction plan. What are some other key issues that? you want to target in the next session? Well, you know, I'm in Atlanta, Canada this week, uh, still discussing the uh, the PI potato issue. 
uh, still not resolved. I'm talking to producers out here, very frustrated with uh, with CFIA and, and the uh, uh, the approach they took. Uh, but just as um, disillusioned, let's say, with the four Liberal MPs on on the island who have done uh, next to nothing to try and uh, you know resolve this issue, but at least be advocates for their constituents. So, you know that that's going to be uh, a major issue. Uh, certainly, uh, the fertilizers is still uh, the fertilizer tariff on uh, on Russian produced uh, fertilizers is still uh, needs to be resolved uh, or discussed. So there's still some issues that uh, that we need to um, that we'll be focused on when we get back in the fall. You know, no matter where I am in the country, no matter what the commodity group is, uh, it's it's still key. Uh, supply chain issues would be would be another one. Um, concerned with you know potential rail strikes again next uh, next late fall early winter um, so there are some issues that uh, that we need to focus on for sure i've been talking with john barlow the conservative shadow minister for agriculture agri-food and food security for golden west i'm glendalee allen bossler thanks glendalee that's it for the prairie Agwire for today if you have any questions or opinions to share send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca on behalf of glendalee allen bossler I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open this month. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. RSK Farms is hosting a Manitoba Hereford's Field Day tomorrow. Location 5 miles north of Douglas, Manitoba. Show starts at 1 p.m. Canadian Wildlife Federation is offering a webinar on Canada's 10 Most Invasive Plants. That'll take place August 30th from noon until 1. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show takes place September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its fifth annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference, November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, joining us once again is Duncan Morrison, Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association, to talk about a couple of conservation trust projects. We're very happy to be uh, working with Ducks Olympic Canada. And this particular um, this particular um, project is one that um, Ducks Unlimited brings their their expertise in conservation and ag lands and works with producers specifically around forages and marginal areas. And again, please get in touch with Ducks Unlimited, especially in the, in areas of southwest Manitoba. Um, they're running their program. Again, the Conservation Trust funds it. Um, and again, life uh, habitat and soil health through you know forages and, and grasses and whatnot. And another project here working with the Manitoba Organic Alliance. Yeah, this one is kind of a really neat one. I don't want to say it's a slow boil because it's not it's exactly where it should be. But we've had a little bit of a, because it's a first-time project, um, we are encouraging producers to um, look up at our um, uh, the Manitoba Grazing Exchange, uh, which connects farmers who have uh, grazing pasture, cover crop fields with livestock owners we're seeking grazing land through an interactive map. And it's really cool. Um, you know, a lot of it works towards integrating livestock onto uh, crop and pasture land. And, and that's being increasingly adopted and sought out by farmers um, who are building their soil health and reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. So um, it's, put, it's based off a successful um, 
um, format platform that was used in South Dakota. And um, kudos to um, Karen Kloss and the Manitoba Organic Alliance um, for driving this partnership with MFJ and us, uh, you know, us putting this up there for producers. But the most important thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be organic farmers or forage or grassland producers or beef farmers or dairy farmers. It's farmers, all farmers. So if you think something there clicks with you about maybe what you might have in your field, um, you know, without livestock, or if you have livestock and you're looking for fields, um, it's a win-win situation. And there's examples of that, um, you know, up on uh, up on the website portal for people to engage. All right, good, uh, Duncan. Any anything else you wanted to highlight uh, right now, or? Absolutely, one more big thing, please, Corey. And oh that yeah, is the 2022 Manitoba Forage and Grasslands Association fifth annual regenerative ag conference registration is now open. We've put together a, a smaller um, conference this year because we didn't want to run up against um, the Alberta uh, um, Soil Health and Grazing um, Conference, which is larger, which a lot of our producers in Manitoba are interested in going to. I think they have a three- or four-day format. Um, it's quite a significant investment. So in the years that Alberta's running theirs, which is every second year, we keep ours smaller. But for a little, uh, for a little a gathering of one... Point five slash two days by the end of it, we have packed a really good show into it. Um, we have a first day is dedicated to uh, around uh, carbon discussion, led by Ryan Boyd and uh, Kimberly Cornish, who's um, both of which are very tuned into the carbon um, situation. Um, we're going to put measurements off to the side, and we're just going to talk to producers about, you know, at the conference about how they're. Um, sequestering carbon, where their carbon might be going, um, some of this stuff as well with some uh, buyers and traders and whatnot. So that's really interesting. Then on day two, we're highlighted by um, Fred Provenza, who's very well known through his participation here previously in Manitoba, always draws a great crowd, and that's around herd health and soil health. And also we have a speaker on human health, Kara Kroger. So we are, uh, yeah, we're really busy but we're doing a lot of great work for farmers and we really appreciate all the support we're getting both from farmers, also from um, corporate supporters. And of course, media like you, Corey. And if people want to, want to register, how do they do that? Go to mfj.net. Um, it's set up right. It should be very easy for you to find. And it's uh, we have a conference page that, that highlights the whole agenda. And, uh, you know, it's 200 bucks for an early bird registration. And, uh, guarantee you you're going to get your money's worth out of it as well as like a, a really top-end trade show that's pretty much almost sold out so if any of the uh, companies are out there thinking about uh, uh being part of the, our audience uh, we should draw we're hoping to draw anywhere from 200 to 250 and 300 are welcome as we have more than enough room to expand so you know people have got to let us know um you know register early get it take advantage of that early bird and Get ready for a great day and a half in Brandon in November. That was Duncan Morrison. He's the executive director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers have started bringing in this year's crop. Grain market analyst Brennan Turner says when it comes to the wheat market, it's going to be important to watch what happens in Ukraine. Will they be putting in that fall rye winter wheat crop? 
there are some significant financial hurdles for, for farmers there, let alone the labor challenges, the fuel challenges, the crop input availability, right? Um, and so what Ukrainian farmers are basically fa- facing in terms of how I'm, I'm understanding and, and talking to my contacts in Europe is that um, it's almost unprofitable in a lot of places to, for them to seed fall barley or fall wheat. Turner says that's a bullish scenario that a lot of people may not be keeping a close eye on. And Seeds Canada celebrated its first anniversary at its annual meeting in Winnipeg last month. Here's Executive Director Barry Senft. It was a celebration in a couple of different uh, ways. One is that exactly that is that we celebrated our first year anniversary um, for the organization. And uh, that in itself, uh, you know, coming through... um, the process of the merger of the four organizations in uh, a COVID environment and uh, people not meeting to finalize the merger and um, and move forward into the new organization. That was a challenge in itself. And the second celebration was getting the people together to celebrate that first anniversary in person. Seeds Canada is working on the formulation of the independent standard-setting body, a new entity aimed at simplifying and modernizing the regulatory environment surrounding seed production, variety registration, and more. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll have details on the Provincial Weed Survey. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.